Welcome to Conversation Pace. I'm your host, Brian Rossetti. In episode 42, I spoke with athlete and coach Leah Rosenfeld. We cover her new gig as an iFit trainer, spending time filming and coaching in Costa Rica. Leah's experience as both an athlete and coach covers a broad spectrum. She spent a lot of time training, running fast from 1500 up to the 5K, but more recently, she's starting to win ultra races. Same with coaching. She has experience coaching at elite college programs like Syracuse and NAU, but also experience online working with recreational athletes of all ages. There's a lot to learn here, and it's always a joy chatting with Leah. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Leah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since we spoke last. I I feel like you live in Costa Rica now. (laughs) I know. I'm making every effort possible to get back there and thankfully we actually are going back in may yeah oh man it looks amazing so how often have you actually been there because i see the posts on on instagram and um i'm jealous i've actually been to costa rica a few times and it's amazing i can't think of one was for a wedding um we flew into san jose and then we took like a little plane that was terrifying because it just didn't feel like the plane should be up in the, in the yeah like the wind was just kind of take like having its way with the plane it just was oh, no. it just didn't feel right it was one of those where like the seal you know it was really hard to get in and the seats were tight and there was only i think eight people in the in the whole plane and it was like a like a half an hour Oh, across the water there to, I don't know where. And then it was like dirt road for an hour to get to this beach. I have to figure out where it was because um, it was is incredible. It West coast, west coast or east coast? Um, geez, I don't even know. Um, okay, it's on the tip of my tongue. The the uh, beach, and then we went another time. That I think I'm confusing, but we flew into Liberia then. And we didn't have to take another flight, which was, which was awesome. Um, That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I've run a little bit in Costa Rica, like off the beach, but it's, it was just brutal because you can't, I mean, we would go to the beach super early in the morning and then late, we, we weren't there during the day just because the sun is, is so brutal. Um, yeah. But just like dirt roads I was running on, like nothing great running wise, but it seems... Very hilly. Yeah. Very hilly, very, very dusty. Um, but it seems like you're like more in the rainforest, right? Yes. So when I went last year, it was like the end of January, beginning of February, which is like such a beautiful time to be there. We, yeah, same thing, flew into San Jose. Luckily, didn't have another flight, but uh, we drove all around like the central region of the country and the west coast Mm -hmm. um so yeah we got to go to like playa hermosa we went to more centrally went to arnold volcano um poas volcano we went to like monte verde which is a really cool cloud forest that actually reminded me of flagstaff a little bit because it's at higher elevation and and has like big oak trees and trails that you could run on with like leaves like it's as if it was fall 
in Costa Rica. We were there in the, in the winter. But um, yeah, and then we hugged the beach and went to like the Dominical area. Um, and this place called Marino Ballena National Park. It's like mm. on the so- southwest coast. Um, and you can see... You can see like a bunch of national parks and like peninsulas around. Oh, like the Osa Peninsula to the south. We we didn't go there. Um, it's so remote, but we could see it from the beach. Um, but it was cool. Yeah, we got to go to technically 19 different places to film and we ran at each place. But the videos we were creating um, were like were fairly short. And I wasn't running that fast. I was, and I was kind of like jogging while running because we were talking so much. But it's yeah. funny because a friend of mine went to Costa Rica, who's a really good runner, and she was asking about places to run. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to go here and here and here. And as I was telling her, I was like, oh yeah, she's trying to run at like a normal pace for like, you know, eight, 10, 15 miles. And I was like, we were doing like, two mile runs but with like 600 feet of elevation lost down to a volcano or down to a waterfall so it's like very different where we ran we ran to explore like beautiful places and yeah like you said like rainforests uh and volcanoes we didn't really like personally i wasn't there to train (laughs) i was there to like show tour people around so it it was like a very different running experience but it was cool because then I got to pay more attention to like the flora and the fauna and yeah, what we were running on or around. So it was, it was just like a very different form of running from like track running that I was used to. So I loved it. I got to like learn a lot about the country because we also had a um, two local tour guides with us. So I would lit- I was asking them a million questions. They were like anyone else probably would have gotten so annoyed, but they were so mm-hmm. kind and gracious with their wisdom that I was like, what's that tree? Like, what's that? <laughs> what is? <laughs> where are we? I was like, if you were looking at a map, where in the country are we? And they're like, oh my gosh, these are such specific questions. But it's great because then you can like share it with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we but were yeah, in we Osara. To- I don't know if you've heard of it. That's West Coast. Um, we so didn't go there, so no, I don't know. Like if you draw a line from San Jose on the map, like pretty much straight line to to the the west of San Jose. Um, Is that by Hako? And it goes over the Gulf. That's where we flew over. Um, okay. I don't know. And then the other beach, I still haven't figured it out. But I I love those videos where you're running at that like kind of like that touring speed it's always funny to see like elite athletes like running really slowly (laughs) (laughs) wait have you watched the videos i've seen a couple just like reels i think on instagram where you're like chatting like some of them without sound i've just kind of watched for a little bit and yeah (laughs) you're kind of like you know high knee in it a little bit because i don't know about the footing (laughs) and it's just funny i remember we had this kenyan distance runner who trained with us he didn't really train with us. He did his own thing, but he was just a beast what he would do. And then on his easy runs, he would let, I think he was like a 208, 209 marathoner. And, um, but sometimes like on easy runs, you'd see him with like an older 
woman running around the lake just chatting with her because he was very social. And he'd be running like nine minute pace and it would just look yes. hysterical seeing him run. Yes. Nine minute paces form the way like just completely different. And that's what I thought of when I was watching you like um, run at that that pace. Yeah. You got to you gotta, so more, you gotta run all the paces. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so we'll just tell us now that we're talking about Costa Rica. So what what is the job? Like, how did this come about? And then. Talk a little bit about iFit and, and what you're doing with them. Sure. So I guess we should go back to 2018. Um, Tommy Rivers, who's like mm -hmm. a wonderful human and runner and uh, doctor of physical therapy, among other things, and he works for a company called iFit. Um, he approached me about the job in 2018 and said, you would be great for this and explained it a little bit. He was like, yeah, this company icon owns iFit and they create workout videos that stream to Nordic track treadmills and uh, pro form and free motion as well as ellipticals. And they have other um, videos outside of just running like they have rowing videos, they have uh, cycling videos, they have workout videos, yoga, all these things. So he said, yeah, he's like, I do these running videos. And he's like, these treadmills are amazing. Like they go up to 40% grade where you can hike up Machu Picchu with a trainer. And the trainer, he, he was one of them. Like he basically was in Machu Picchu doing an iFit video and these stream to these machines. And then people at home around the world can watch and train with this coach who's like leading them and guiding them through the workout, but also touring them around the country. So he told me this, um, and I didn't fully grasp how incredible that opportunity was at the time. I had just left NAU. Um, I was assistant coaching cross country and track there for four years, and I just left chose to start professional running, um, got a new coach, Mike Smith. And I was like very, very dedicated to that. So when he told me, I was kind of like, oh, that's amazing. But I love what I'm doing. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I didn't try that hard to pursue the job. Um, I spoke with someone at iFit uh, back and forth briefly. And he was basically like, we want you to send in an audition tape. And I just didn't do it. I was like, that'll interfere with training. Like, I can't do an extra workout. And so I just totally dropped the ball. Um, and then thankfully, two years later, in November of 2020, I actually got a DM on Instagram from their casting director. They brought on somebody new. And he was like, hey, I'm going through you know, the archives or our records, and we were interested in bringing you on as a trainer. Are you interested? And at that point, I don't know what it was, but I was very aware at that moment that like, this is a second chance. And this is a really, really special opportunity. And I was like, wholeheartedly like, yes, what do I need to do? Um, so yeah, so I had to film a little audition video doing a workout. I went out to Kendrick Park, which is like one of my favorite places in Flagstaff. And it has like beautiful views of Western, the Western San Francisco peaks. 
Um, And I went out there. Yeah, I went out there at like sunset. So the mountain was all pink and uh, purple uh, and glowing. And then the, you know, the late night glow on my face was great. (laughs) I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is such a pretty area. Like, who cares what I'm talking about? So I sent in that audition video and they are a company where it's like zero to a hundred. So I was just hanging out with my cats and Flagstaff as a professional runner. And I sent in this audition video and the next minute I'm getting a call like, hey, we want to bring you out to California to do this, like another audition because we're going on like a world tour. And I was like, what? And we were initially supposed to go to a country that I'm not, I probably shouldn't say because we still might go there in the future. But at the very last minute, they, because of the pandemic and their borders were closed, they chose, they pivoted, chose Costa Rica and we got to go there. So like a week before we were supposed to leave the country, we found out we were switching countries and going mm-hmm. to Costa Rica. And I was like, so to answer your question from before, I did, I had been there once before in college um, for about uh, 10 days or so and loved it and got to go zip lining and um, yeah. go to the beach and everything. But really, really wasn't at a place in my life where I was like aware enough or, or a really appreciated where I was and wanted to learn about it. I was more there on vacation. And so this was a cool opportunity to go back and kind of be forced to learn about the country. It's like a crash course in whatever area you're in as an iFit trainer, because we flew there. Yeah. And well, what's the expectation? Like when you're doing, because I haven't watched a full um, video or too much. So when you're like doing the audition first, what was like the work you said you you did a workout like audition. So what exactly was it? Is it just the ability to, you know, have this personality and and communicate while you're running? Essentially, that's what they're like. What what just walk me through what you actually did in the audition? Yeah, essentially what you said. So I I was. I should have had someone else filming. I was filming myself while running, holding nice. my iPhone up. <laughs> yeah. And basically, they just said for the audition video, like, lead us through a workout. That was basically the only guideline. So I just created this workout. It, I wanted it to be short because I think the video is like supposed to be five or 10 minutes long. Um, so we did like a jog warm up. Uh, and on the warm up, I was like, tell, I was looking at the camera as if, you know, I'm talking to other people like, Hey, this is what the workout is today. And, and we're right now we're doing a warm up and this is why we're doing a warm up. And then, yeah, we went into the workout. And I think it was just like, I think I did like two sets of 20, 40, 60 seconds with like double the recovery just to do something. Yeah. <clears throat> and then cool down and did a little stretch. And so that was the first audition video I sent in and they said, okay, let's take the next step. And that's when we, I basically went out to Newport beach in California. And then we, um, we actually filmed a mini series that was seven videos long, or they say seven workouts long. Each were like about a half an hour. And they said, put together a training plan for a 10 K just. And so that's what I did in California, which is 
probably real rough if anyone ever gets a hold of those videos. It was like an odd, yeah, it was an audition. It was a rehearsal. Um, and then after that, basically they wanted to make sure like with the whole production crew, with the cameras on you, with like you hooked up to a mic and sound and like everyone's eyes on you, like, can you actually do this, you know? Yeah. Uh, before we take you to another country and then this is like shown to so many people around the world like so i'm so glad they did that because had they not i think they all assumed i had acting experience and so i was telling them in california i was like no i've, I've never been on camera before i was like this is the first time and they're like wait what was, so i'm glad they didn't know because had they known maybe they would have been more hesitant to bring me on but it was really like, I think it was like a leap of faith in many ways. Like I don't, I was very fortunate that Tommy put in my name uh, because otherwise they would not know who I was. <laughs> but That's yeah, great. So th that was like the audition process. That's great. So that it's cool to see different types of opportunities, like in the sport um, for athletes and, and coaches. It's a little different. Is the expectation that you're going to go to other countries too or no? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, sort of. So after Costa Rica, we did go to the Azores Islands off the coast of Portugal, which wow. to be fair, I didn't know they existed before they said <laughs> that's where we were going. I was like, wait, what is this? Um, and that was a very unique experience and honestly, like a European history lesson going there. Uh, and then with this next trip, so the next trip is not a series. So they initially yeah, asked me to write up a 10K series for their treadmill users. So as a coach, like they gave me creative control to like come up with a training plan uh, that was 32 workouts split into two parts in two different countries. Um, so that was that was all done and wrapped up and moving forward there's a lot of feedback for like half marathon type training plans. So we'll see what we end up doing together in terms of training series. But right now, iFit just uh, created a branch of their company called iFit Adventures. And they actually are taking their community on vacation to the locations where they filmed. So oh, that's wow. why in May, yeah, that's why in May, they're going, we're going back to Costa Rica. So they're kind of like marketing it around the series we did there. Um, and it's cool because like, heck, if I were to go on vacation, like, of course I'd want to go to like a beautiful country. This is an all-inclusive package. So it's kind of nice. Like you just show up and they take care of everything, like hiking up volcanoes, like catamaran stuff, snorkeling, whatever. Um, and you're held accountable because you literally have the trainer that ideally you got to know through doing all these 32 workouts together with you have the trainer there every morning, like setting up a workout and like running with you. Um, so I was like, that's, that's a great idea. I was like, I want to go on this vacation. <laughs> so, nice. So that's nice. what we're doing next. And I have no idea what we're doing after that. <laughs> cool. So is this like you officially, are you still balancing the athlete and coach? roles or are you is this really you starting to transition more into coaching and and beyond um athletics for yourself 
It's a great question. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm sort of at a crossroads, but right now, um, I'm still running professionally and I'm still online coaching through VDOT and, um, I have a role with Team Run Flagstaff where I'm helping coach there as well, our community running group in Flagstaff. So def- same thing. I feel like, yeah, most of the time, this is those are two passions that I just love so much. I, I sometimes say I'll always coach on the side, you know, like online or um, just the individual coaching. It's really fun to work with other people around the world. Um, but this definitely opened my eyes to, yeah, there's, there's other things you can do. And I have been doing the same thing for so many years. It's, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like a nice, it's a nice change. So I don't, I don't know. I ask myself that often, but yeah, I'm kind of just sitting and observing and just going to continue what I'm doing right now. And if other opportunities come up, I'll say yes, but I don't really have any pressing reason right now to like make a big change well, with, um, but i'm open term, to it in terms of your running what what is keeping you um from maybe transitioning to just coaching like what what are the goals that are still in your mind um that you're that's keeping you motivated to still compete and train well, man, I, for me, coaching and being an athlete is totally a yin and yang thing. Like, I don't think I would coach if I wasn't training as well. For me personally, I feel very removed from how my athletes feel and and my creative side with workouts, like if I do take a break from running. So like the running fuels the coaching and the coaching kind of fuels the running. So I, if I were to do something different, it would probably be different than both of those things, you know, as opposed to like all in, in one of them. So it's more like a lifestyle. It's not like I still have these athletic goals. That's the primary driver and I'm coaching on the side. Eventually I'll do more coaching when I'm, um, it's more like you just like to train and it's, part of the overall lifestyle for you yeah i i definitely have that like honestly the pandemic opened my eyes to the fact that i will train no matter what if there are races or no races um i some for some weird reason i was motivated more than ever when there were no races i was like like, what is wrong with me like what so but it was good it was eye-opening it's like one of those things what is your why i was like well I would do this no matter what. So it almost takes, it almost allows every other like resistance or second guessing to melt away because it doesn't matter what's going on around me or how I feel. Like I just, I just love running so much. Like I'll always do it no matter what, as long as I'm able to, you know? So it was, so running's taken that form in a little bit of a sense, but it's also, um, I, I have transitioned a bit from the track to more trail and mountain racing. Um, and that I definitely have another like balance between just wanting to run and enjoy 
exploring new places in the mountains and like hopping. I just ran the red hot Moab 33 K this weekend. And, it, and I, and then on the other side of it, I do want to be competitive still. Right. Cause I, yeah, I definitely feel like there's untapped potential and I've always been more of a run the mile in the 5k and my my dad always jokes my initials are LDR so as like a one-year-old he would call me a long distance runner and so in the back of my mind I'm like probably the longer the better but so I'm just now extending beyond the track uh yeah yeah, like the 33k was the longest I ever ran so so it's like a whole new sport and adventure and like chance to prove to myself or whatever just explore my capabilities in another way so i so there's a balance between yeah it's like it is a competitive pursuit but it's also just the pure enjoyment of it okay so there there is still that that pursuit maybe the pandemic um made you appreciate i i think that was the case for me um i'm in a much different situation you're still have some competitive days in you i don't um hey, but, yeah, you might <laughs> don't count yourself um, out you do it's never too late <laughs> um no comment i'm not i'm not touching <laughs> that um so the i want to talk about about your dad too and his khaki running shorts i love that video <laughs> on, the, uh, on instagram i want to get into that um but it, so you have dabbled a little bit with with more ultra now and did you surprise yourself like oh shoot i was just doing it for fun but now i see that maybe there is potential to do well is that why you're kind of gravitating more there as kind of the next chapter or is it just more for fun yeah um i it definitely was a surprise. I was doing it for fun. There's a race called Imogene that yeah, I'm I saw sure you've that. heard about. Yeah. And that race is so meaningful in Flagstaff. Like the race, it's in Colorado. It's for anyone that hasn't heard of it. It's a 17.1, I believe, uh, mile race from Uray, Colorado, up over Imogene Pass, which is over 13,000 feet. And then you drop down into Telluride. So it's just point to point. It's a Colorado race, but, and there's about 1500 people that enter and maybe like 1200 people actually show up on race day and over 200 people consistently are from Flagstaff. So there's like a large, uh, percentage of runners that come from flag. And there was actually a book written. Is it? I'm going to butcher the name. It's like love letters to Imogene or something. I forget. It's by Julie Hammond and one other author. But people in Flagstaff have so many stories about Imogene. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, there are people in town that have passed away and other people have run for them with their bib on their chest and like really powerful stories that have come out of that race. So anyway, it was like folklore in Flagstaff when I moved here. And people were talking about it and I was running the 1500. I was like, this is, you guys are nuts. Like, why would you ever run 10 miles straight up, like (laughs) to 13,000 feet, like, and then drop down? So I never even considered running it for the first, I don't know, maybe like 
six years that I lived here. And then the seventh year, um, I was, I went out there with Chris Gomez and Ryan Stevens to runners, um, lawyer and doctor in town. And they were the ones that told me about it all the time, but they went out there and, and said I could come along. So I was like, Oh good. I'll just come cheer you guys on and everyone in Flagstaff and just see what it's all about. Um, and the day before I realized I had a 16 mile long run the morning of Imogene and it started so early. I was like, I'm going to have to run at like 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. to like get this all in and then go to the start and finish. It was too logistically complicated. So I asked my coach who had won Imogene previously. If Who's I could this just, it, was, it was Mike Smith. Oh, Mike was still coaching. Yeah. Me. So I asked him the day before, I was like, is it okay? Like if I just do my long run on the Imogene course and like not stop at any aid stations, not like take part in the race, just like run the course while other people are running it. Cause it's still open uh, to other people that are hiking or whatever. You just can't drive on the course. And he was like, expletive. Yes. With like a million exclamation marks. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. So I, so I did the race that year. Maybe it was 2018. Uh, literally in my road flats, which was a terrible idea on a mountain course, slipping everywhere. And yeah, I was just cheering everyone on. I was taking pictures. I was eating, like walking. Like I just wanted to complete it. And it, and then I was hooked. I was like, this is. I was like tearing up. It was such a beautiful place. Uh, and coming from Connecticut, I'm just not used to the dramatic mountainous landscape of Colorado. So I just kind of fell in love with it and, and the race. And the, we had a huge Flagstaff pizza party after, um, in Telluride with like a lot of close friends and families and new people I'd never seen. So that race had so much meaning. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it next year. And then so I did it the next year, the following year, um, and then wanted to get more competitive. And I think the second year I did it, I was either fourth or fifth place, which in that, that's a pretty competitive race. So I was like, oh, wow, like I did better than I thought. Um, nice. And then last year, but I never did any other trail race. It was only Imogene. And then last year. Were you I even training back, at all for it or no? Not at all. Like I was coming off of. 1500 meter 5k track fitness but taking a break because it's i was done with my season usually in july and this was in september so i was kind of just messing around for a couple months like on vacation um and then last year when i did imogene i ended up winning which not only surprised me i think it surprised everyone because people at the finish line were like i didn't even recognize you i didn't i don't know if it was i dyed my hair blonde or they were just surprised to see me far far ahead um and then i was like okay actually i should start like training for this stuff because it is fun like i was enjoying it yeah just to run in the mountains and like be with people in a meaningful race and environment uh but it you know tickled my competitive edge and i was like oh oh yeah it is fun to win or like it is fun to like really push yourself um, and see what you can do. So yeah, then I did a few more trail races after that. I did the, our local race, uh, the solstice mountain run. Um, mm -hmm. actually it's now the Jackie Weintraub 
memorial, I think, uh, mountain run. Uh, and then a few other ones just for fun in Colorado and Arizona. And I was definitely hooked. So I asked, uh, the local legend and, and probably international legend, Rob Crower, if he'd coach me and not thinking he would. And he said yes. And so now he's coaching me and I'm actually training for full time for like oh, trail stuff. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know this. Wow. Yeah. So, and this just happened since. And I say you fought, you were like, I got to get serious. So you fired Mike. I like that. Ah, well, oh no. Well, Mike and I. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Dude, Mike is one of the best coaches in the world. I, yeah, I, I wanted him to coach me again, but he's so busy with the NAU team. Um, so yeah, so, and Rob is just made more sense. Um, yeah. and, and is coaching. Yeah. Like what? So you have, especially well, you had two great guys cause they, they were like you, you know, competing, um, college track, like more in that scene and then transition yeah. themselves. Right. So what was the, um, what, has it been a challenge? It doesn't sound unless you just kind of glossed over all that, but transition like i feel like my legs because i was more middle distance and any any time i got into really hilly road races my legs would be a disaster just really you know quads would take a beating and um i'm sure if i trained more specifically it'd be a different story but still i find that i i would struggle i mean have you found that was it a big transition or were you like hey this is not too bad just kind of like transitioning the, the training and these long races, like how are the legs holding up? Um, I, it definitely was a smoother transition. Yeah. than it otherwise could have been, I think smooth in a sense where the weekly training structure is very, very similar to what I had been doing with like, Mondays are like an easy run. Tuesdays are more of like a threshold workout. Wednesdays, Thursdays are easy runs. And then Friday and Saturday, or sometimes just Saturday are, are back to back long runs or just one long run. But so that is a very similar schedule. Everything but the Friday workout really is similar. And then the Saturday long run, the biggest is the biggest change where instead of running on a dirt road i'm running yeah in sedona or in the peaks or like up a mountain um but that helped a lot i think if the and i really liked that weekly schedule to begin with and i think just mentally and physically i'm very in sync with that so that helped so much i think what also helped is rob at least right now he's pretty conservative with me um, I was coming off of the biggest and longest running break, I think, since I started running, or at least in at least 10 years. So uh, he really knew I was like, I was not in that good of shape when we started working together. So he's been cautious or just a little conservative. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the, the volume of the workout in the long run is definitely has gone up. And I think. We've only been together for two and a half, 
or working together for two and a half months. So I think it's going to change over the summer and like mileage will definitely increase a lot. But I'm, surprisingly, I'm actually doing less mileage now than I was with Mike doing track stuff. But it's really it's different. Okay. It's different training. Also, yeah. I it's been I mean, it's winter now. So the trails on the mountain aren't as accessible. And I think if they were open or it was a different time of year, I'd be getting in a lot more elevation on my easy runs. Whereas right now I'm kind of forced onto the roads and the, and the dirt roads. So that's even more similar. You know what I mean? But once the trails open up, I think I'll feel that more of that fatigue where, yeah, I'm consistently getting in elevation that I'm not necessarily used to. Yeah, that makes sense. What about cross training? Anything that's sort of dialed in and instructed or just is it more casual or or anything? Um, I well, I have my own little like exercise mobility routines that I do in the morning and then before running and like stretching after it. And then Rob's a uh, big proponent proponent of um, like core work, strength work, balance, a lot of body weight or like free weights. So I'll either go to his house and we'll do like core circuits together or he'll send them to me online. He has like tutorials online that, where you can do them. So I do that stuff, but it's, it's not a lot. Uh, I used to go to the gym when I was coaching at NAU and actually like lift heavier and uh, Olympic lifts and stuff, but I haven't been doing that. So that's mm-hmm. really it. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm at a point in my life where like, I will do it if I enjoy doing it, but I'm not going to like go swimming or biking just for the sake of cross training. I would go like to adventure. So, yeah. yeah. I remember we had, um, Rob stayed with us at an Airbnb. He was like guest speaker at one of the VDOC clinics in San Francisco. And he, he, I think he was like really on top at that point. It was like right when he had broken out and, he was just winning everything. And um, so it was kind of cool, like to hang out with him because I I had only met him briefly a few times. But so we spent it like a day and a half or or two. I don't I forget, maybe two days. And um, I remember him like because he was training. And mm-hmm. so I kind of peeked in. I was like, we're going to, you know, get going soon. And he's like, all right, just, you know, finishing up my core. He was like in this like. <laughs> cramped airbnb room in the corner like doing plank or something i remember like seeing him like that's hilarious like this sport it's so funny how amazing he's just in there like in this bedroom in the dark like there's stuff everywhere (laughs) he's just like he's the top ultra guy in the world he's just like jammed in there like sneaking in some quick core work that was his workout and that was it um so it was just like yeah, yeah, it's funny, but um, yeah, but he sounds that. like pretty sensible, um, in terms of you know, as a coach, we've talked quite a bit about training, and um, so I always liked his approach, and and just he's is he doing okay? I haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah, he's um, he hasn't been racing lately, but he's. Right now, he's a lot more into like creating his own challenges. So, like for example, <laughs> I think it was last year 
when he was injured and biking a lot, he did that Everesting challenge where you have to go up, you know, 29,000, 29 feet uh, in a certain period of time. And he biked up and down Snowball Road. I think it was like 10 times and had a, and had a crew. And my mom and I went out there. And with like a with a sign that said "Go Rob" or something, and we're cheering him on. So he did he did that, which is kind of amazing. It's like you're injured in cross training, and then you take that cross training goal and freaking like bike up quote unquote Everest. Like he's just yeah, the things he can do are incredible to me. Um, and then more recently, I think it was maybe a month ago or less he. And a friend mapped out uh, 90 miles of the Tonto Trail in the Grand Canyon and did a FKT, like a fastest known time, and ran mm. it. Uh, and they did it. I think, I think they were the first ones to do that long and that long of a section running of the course, <laughs> quote unquote running, right? They're not running the whole time, but he did that. So he's been way more into that recently. And so he's coming off of that and just enjoying winter and skinning and skiing up on the mountain right now so i don't know what he's going to do race wise but he's doing well um that's great yeah yeah totally and tell him i said hello oh my gosh i will i'd like to come back up the flagstaff it's been way too long um yeah so talk to me about ron um i saw (laughs) he was he was whooping it up on the track with you um uh, again, I was looking at your Instagram before we talked to see what was going yeah, on. And, um, <laughs> so, did, you know, is, was Ron? Yeah. Go the ahead. Is I don't post that much. So you looking at my Instagram probably only a few posts ago was like March. I know. And I wasn't like looking was at dates. Long, or maybe it's 2021. It was I a wasn't, long time ago. Yeah, I wasn't looking at dates and I was flipping through and you were telling me about that ultra race and I could see the picture in my head and you're like that was like three four years ago i was like i thought that was like last weekend that was like yeah. five posts ago or something um so and yeah yeah anyway i mean i i don't it's social media is, t- is hard um <laughs> but, but yeah, so ron easy around the track in khakis <laughs> ron so did he was ron a runner did is that where it all started or no? Or did he kind of like get into it because of you? Oh, no, it sure is all because of him. So oh, that's he great. Was a, yeah, he played football in co- high school and college and then had so many injuries, but still wanted to be at like, you know, move and be competitive. So he started running and got into marathon running of all things from from playing football, which was cool. Uh, and got my mom into running and then o- opened up what are called the athlete's foot, foot, uh, shoe stores. I don't even know if you still have them back East. Oh, he so, did. Do you remember that? Wait. Yeah. Wait, so it was athletes. The athlete's um, foot. Wow. That was him. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this. He, he partnered, uh, and owned okay. a couple in Connecticut. In the tri-state area. Um, and so, yeah, he owned his store in Connecticut and then, yeah, worked with other people elsewhere for about a little over 30 years. 
And while he was there, he would put on road races. Um, so yeah, he, he ran himself. Oh, he wasn't the one who came up with the name. I mean, no, no, no. He's not. He didn't go that far back. They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna come out with a retail business and and, and name it after a fungal skin infection. A fungus. Yeah, I never got that. <laughs> yeah, it's not the greatest if you think too far into. But it worked though, right? I mean, there's still. Yeah. I'm looking up athlete's foot right now, and the store locator. Um, I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, it was a well, franchise. It, yeah, interesting. Okay, so, um, so he got same with me. My dad was like a great baseball player, and then just got into like local road races and marathons to stay fit, and the rest is history. But um, that's great. Wait, so did he get you into running? He did, yeah, because he would take us to the track, like when he had to get a long run in and had to watch us. So my brothers and I would just like murder each other, you know, on the (laughs) the track while he was just running laps. And at that point, it was just like, this is ridiculous. You know, like he's I think he would run like 10 miles on the track um, because I actually don't remember where my mom was, but just in those instances. And then we'd get dragged to road races. It wasn't until we could compete then. um like winning a trophy and that that was really the hook but um but at first it was kind of like this is so weird because our yeah. our town had very little of a running scene and at the time it was just basketball baseball football that was it um so that's all we cared about until your dad was an like outlier the, yeah exactly <laughs> super cool i mean we got some great um some great photos of like him wearing like frank shorter like the frank shorter apparel line (laughs) like some of the silver like he had this like silver gore-tex frank like i wish i i wish i could find it like i'd wear it that's back in style metallic i know i pay for that (laughs) i I know my daughter just got doc martens that are like metallic um (laughs) yeah so so anyway that's that's awesome. And then real quickly, we don't have too much time. Um, I wanted to get into, but we're, we don't have too much time. The Just from there, like your big influences from being an athlete to then wanting to coach. And obviously that's a, a long answer, but yeah. um, if you can kind of put it into... Um, a few minutes. <laughs> that like, would be like, great. Who, like, who were my influences? Yeah, like, like high, yeah. So, high school coach, college yeah. coach, was it teammates? Like, obviously, you met Mike, and um, you spent a lot mm-hmm. of time around great athletes in Flagstaff. And um, I've learned so much from like Vince and Mike mm-hmm. and those guys, and and you know, taking tidbits from people like Rob and. Obviously, having you know the ability to talk to Jack all the time has just been awesome. Yes. So, just like what inspired you to get into coaching, and you know now you're doing it on the app. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. No, uh, <laughs> a lot of that. Where where it was really in college that I started thinking about it. So, well, when I was in high school, I started a running cl- a summer running club, just to like 
hold just to have something fun to do, but also to hold people accountable coming into the cross country season, like over the summer. So I, yeah, started that. It was just a week long. And then we ended up finishing it with a 5K and didn't really think anything of it. And then I went to, for several years, Green Mountain Running Camp in Vermont. Do you, oh, remember, yeah. do you ever hear of that? Yeah. For sure. Um, so I went there and was a uh, camper and then eventually became a counselor and then like a rec director. Again, didn't think anything of it. And then when I went to Penn State, my that was the first female coach that I had and she was like a huge advocate of like getting more women into college coaching and she actually had and so she was like kind of helping just plant that seed in my mind but like foster an environment where I'd want to coach and she was just a really good role model role role model for me that was Beth Alfred Sullivan at, when she was at Penn State. Um, mm. And she actually had me and one other athlete go to, like, I think we wrote a letter or we, we st- oh no, we stood up in front of our student athlete advisory board at Penn State and made this whole speech about how the indoor Big Ten meet ha- is split between men and women, like one big 10 championship is in a certain location and the other one was split in another location. And we were like one of the only conferences to do that. So she was kind of, I was like her little minion. She'd give me like tasks or things to like, you know, fight to change how the rules work in the NCAA. Um, And then I kind of just realized through the summer camps, through putting on my own camp, through her guidance, I, I, it just kind of came together after I graduated college. Um, long, long story short, I graduated in four years, but I had planned to do a fifth year, but I got really sick with pneumonia and all kinds of stuff. So I couldn't run. Um, and so I graduated a year earlier than I expected. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my life and I can't run now. So, uh, my boyfriend at the time and I moved in with his parents in California and his high school needed cross country coaches. So that actually was the first like real coaching job that I got that kind of just presented itself. And then it's kind of the rest of history. Then I kind of went to Syracuse and Penn and uh, NAU and then got into more like professional and individual coaching. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the trajectory. Oh, That's but role great. and role models. So yeah, I mean, it was, really like my college coaches and then every coach I worked with, you know, my boyfriend at Lodi high school, like the coaches at Syracuse, Eric Hines at NAU, and then being coached by Vince and Steven Haas and Mike and Rob, like they've all just each, every time I work with someone new, you know, like you learn so much and have like a, just get reinvigorated with your passion for it. So yeah, I feel very fortunate to work with people that they know what they're doing and they're kind and open about sharing it. Um, yeah. So I, that's kind of like, they've all, whoever I've worked with really has influenced me and inspired me in terms of coaching. That's great. And then who, what's a typical athlete right now um, that you're working with? on the app in terms of what they're training for, what their profile is like, just to give people a sense for who you work with and and who you work well with. Yeah. Um, I mean, my coaching 
plan is called Mile the Marathon Plus. So it's really like any event, but the majority of my athletes are women um, training for their marathons. Um, and more specifically, it's women in, in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, um, and a couple guys. And most of them are training for Boston Marathon, actually. And a few of them will do other marathons. And between marathon training cycles, like they'll, you know, get excited about running 5K training for a little bit or half marathon training. So we switch it up and they run. Like, I think it's so important. Like if you're in the best marathon shape of your life, you probably can run a fast mile. You know, like if you're doing the training to tap into a lot of you know, your speed and all different, um, forms of training. Like it's cool because they train for the marathon, but I wouldn't even call them marathoners because I think they can do any of that. That's great. And then maybe ultras yeah. someday too. Yeah. Yeah. There was one guy that asked me if I'd coach him in an ultra before I started working with Rob. And I was like, this is on you. If you, I was like, I've never coached someone in an ultra. So you would be my experiment, like full disclosure. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe the more I become familiar with it, um, I would certainly coach athletes doing ultras as well. That's cool. And then just finally, you had mentioned Tommy Rivers. I've never met him. I've, I think many listen listening to this um, has probably heard or followed his story. How is he doing? Is he is he health wise and is he actually back running and? I mean, to that extent or to what extent? You know, I, we talked a lot as he was going through all this. I haven't talked to him that much in depth since the holidays, but, uh, from our last conversation, he was, he, well, he moved, he said he moved back to Oahu. So he's not in Flagstaff as far as I know anymore. Um, okay. and when, when he's there, it's just really nice. Cause he, he is able to do more at sea level, a true sea level. Um, and he's able to like go surfing a bit and, you know, swimming in the ocean and a lot, a lot of walking. Um, but I mean, as far as I know, He's doing a lot more like walking than running. Like sure. last last we talked, he was like, I ran for 40 seconds and lost my breath. He's wow. so he's he's in a he's much better in terms of he's in remission and doesn't have any signs of cancer. Again, this is like a month ago last I talked to him, or a little over a month ago. Um but he has so much scar tissue in his lungs and damage to his lungs that they're just, just not even close to functioning at full capacity. So it's, yeah, it's, it's changed what he's able to do on a daily basis. Um, and he's still kind of playing the waiting game because as far, again, as far as I know, like the cancer that he has, he was saying has a really high likelihood of coming back. Again, you mm. never know with him, like he is a miracle, mm. you know, so you never know it. he could be good. Uh, but to really make an impact on preventing it coming back, he'd have to get a bone marrow transplant and he really needs to be strong enough and healthy and heavy enough to get that and with, and live through that. So 
he has a donor. I think it's his sister, which is really amazing that he already has that lined up if he needs it. So yeah, it's kind of like wow. in this limbo where like, I, I guess ideally he would get it. Um, but he needs to be healthy enough to do so. And he hasn't been, maybe he is now. I don't know. Um, so yeah, like he's, he's living, man. He's living in such a good perspective on life. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like this. He he think he's like life is amazing. He's like all we have is like what's right here in front of us, and he's like it it can't get any better than what we're doing right now. Um, and so it's just it's fun to hear him talk and yeah. And I feel very fortunate to be a part of his life because he's very uh just powerful, like steady-handed human. <laughs> he has a lot of wisdom that um is helpful to hear but yeah he's he's loving life with his wife and his kids um and all the sea turtles yeah in the pacific ocean so he's doing i think as well as he can all things considered yeah wow okay wow what an amazing dude um all right leah thanks for for sharing and um we'll be in touch and um best of luck with this new uh chapter with the ultra and working with Rob. It's exciting. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And uh, next time, I'm going to have to interview you. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. You think I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear all about your life. But thank you. I see, I appreciate you having me on. This has been fun, especially after working together for so long. It's, it's, yeah, quite, it's the long longest conversation we've gotten to have. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Long overdue. Thanks, Leah. I know. All right. Thanks. You take care. I've been over here.